Yeah, I could relate to that. Anyway. Well, speaking of relating to things, I know there's probably a few fishermen out in this congregation today. And um, I am guessing that more than one or two of you like this. I am not a big fisherman. I, I would go fishing with my father. My dad loved to fish. Um, as I probably told you, my grandparents were watermen, and they did a lot of crabbing and those kind of things. But we did fishing, and I would do that. And a lot of, as I was growing up, uh, we had, um, we would we'd go out fishing some. My Uncle Dale lived in Clearwater, Florida. And out from Clearwater is a lot of good grouper fishing. We would go grouper fishing out there. And with that, it, and of course, everybody's got their fishing story. So I thought I'd tell you my fishing story. And um, because, like I said, I'm not a big fisherman, but I did, especially when I was little. I was probably eight or 10. I don't know how old I was. We were trolling coming back in to, with my Uncle Dale, my dad, and we were trolling for king mackerel. Right back, back then, we would catch those, I guess. Anyway, you would put a fish that some of us would call keeper fish as bait. You know, they're about this big, and, and you trolling, and, and I got to actually see it grab the thing and jump out of the water. You know, you see those on TV, like the swordfish and some of those, but this one actually um, was just a regular king mackerel. He caught that baby and, and went up out of the water, it came down, and my uncle says, you got one. And I went, really? So I started reeling in. Well, he was swimming with me, so I no big deal. This is great. You know, I'm, I'm reeling him in. He's coming along. Yeah, this is all right. This is no big deal. He knows. He's a little thing. And then he saw the boat. I don't know if you've ever caught a fish like that. They were, they were swimming along with you, and you're having no problem reeling in, and then they see the boat and go the other way. And I almost went overboard. It pulled me, uh, like I said, I was a little kid, and it pulled me over there. My uncle and my dad grabbed me and kind of helped me, and I worked and worked. And about a, I, a while, I worked trying to get that fish up, and we caught it. It was as long as I was tall. I mean, it was that big. It was, you know, of course, back then, it was, you know. But anyway, and of course, it's probably gotten bigger over the years. I'm sure it was at least as, you know. But, but you see, but we all have our fish stories, right? We love fish stories. We, we, we all have things. And I, of course, I had a story to tell after that. That was, you know, my one thing. Um, I'm not much for sitting and trying to, if I'm catching fish, I'm pretty happy. I'll, I'll fish and do that. But if, if I'm not catching anything, I, I'm bored quickly. Now, some people, that it doesn't matter. I, I just go out and sit and, that's what I like about it, the quiet, just sit out there and do it. No. I want, I want to catch something. I want to do something. And so I imagine that that story is, and of course the story we're going to tell you, that we're in Luke 5, the story that we're talking about this morning is, is one of those fishing stories, and, and my guess is they had a lot to say later, and um, they'd been up all night, and we're going to read that, and we're in Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, those that are able, if you'd like to stand as we read God's word. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, the, he saw at the water's edge two boats and left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put it out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master... We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. 
When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners on the, sho- on, on the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Now that's, that's a fish story. Now that's a catch. There is a lot to unpack in this. First of all, I want you to look at the boat. It's a boat. I, Lake Gisideret is a lot, Sea of Galilee, some called it. It's called several different things sometimes, but I got to actually go to where this happened when I was in Israel. And the hillside, and with sitting on the water would make the voice project a little bit better and so Jesus wanted to project a little bit and speak to all these people. The hillside there was probably filled with people and he was trying to do that. And so these tired fishermen, now you think about it, they'd been up all night fishing. They were in there washing their butt. They're ready to go home. They'd finished their day's work. They're tired. And poor Peter's guy, he's asked to do something he really probably didn't want to do. Uh, hey, will you help me out and, and go help me out a little bit so we can do this? I just got out of that boat. I've been in that boat all night long. Please don't make me get in there again. I, I can just see him. That's how I'd have felt. I mean, he wasn't tired. You've been work all day. He's been, this was, you know, he's tired. And, he's, and Jesus said, but Jesus needed a place that Peter saw as work to help him minister. The boat, he, they could hear him better if they were out there. Think of this as a place like the church. We toil and we work and we make it a place that people can come and they can get close to Jesus. We work hard making this a safe and warm place, right? That's what you want. You have done this, you worked at it, and, and you want people to come to worship, to learn, to relate to each other, to fellowship together. All this, it was, it was a great place. And then we encounter the Son of God, the Savior of our souls. And that's the whole goal, isn't it? To get together, to work together in this place so that we can get to know the Savior better. That's why we do this. The boat was a pulpit at this point. He was preaching from the boat. And that pulpit was a great place for teaching and learning. It's the same boat that Peter had spent all night with no catch. Nothing happening. It was a boat that he was kind of, I've been there all day, I'm frustrated with it, I'm frustrated with the results, I want to go home. But Peter didn't gripe. And then Jesus took it over. Things change when Jesus takes it over. We think of irritation or conflict. Peter was probably thinking all those things. He's probably thinking, what? I can't do this. 
Peter was kind of going, I'm tired, I'm irritated at best. And isn't church sometimes irritating at best? <laughs> Think about it. We work and we toil and we try to do things and many times we see no results or no physical results. We don't see spiritual, we don't see it right then. We think, oh man, we worked all this, we tried that, everything. You know, we, we get frustrated, we get irritated with the people. Sometimes people rub us the wrong way. Probably never happened to y'all. We feel like we're doing all this in vain. We use the right bait. We have great equipment. Everything seems right. And nothing happens. Then Jesus steps into the picture and says, let's go out a little bit farther. <laughs> can you think what Peter was thinking about that? <laughs> I, I, I can see Peter going, you want us to go do what? Uh, let, let, let me just say this. I've been out there all night long and we've caught nothing. Now you're going to tell us to go over here and we're going to catch something? Aren't you a carpenter? What do you know about fishing? We're the experts here. He could have said all those things, couldn't he? I might would have snide commented something like that. What do you know? But just like church, <laughs> Jesus took them to a place where the fish were. Where are the fish? There's deep water. It's the heat of the day. They're not going to be in the surface. They're not going to be in the shallow water. They're going to be in the deep water now. Peter saw it as probably more work and more frustration going, okay. But for some reason, he decided, this is Jesus. He speaks really eloquently. Because you remember, they hadn't really started following yet. This is what it started. But I'm guessing Peter listened to him as he spoke and went, all right, this guy seems to have a close touch with God. I know God provides things. I think maybe I'll listen to him. All right. I don't see the point of this. This is silly. Why am I even trying? Y'all ever felt that way? Why are we doing this? This is silly. Same people, same time, same things every week, week after week after week. Let's do it. No, I, oh, come on. Really? We're going to get different results this time? Why? We need Christ to tell us where the fish are, where the deep water is. We need to listen to the Savior. Many times we at the church get caught up listening to everything else but the Savior. We listen to all the outside voices and all the, the growth gurus and all the things. I, trust me, I do it. I've done it. I, listen, I read all the, the blogs and, our, and do all the different things and say, all right, how can we make things really happen? When what we really need to do is listen to the Savior. But then they actually had to do something. Just because Jesus was there, the fish didn't just jump into the boat. 
right? I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you. The number of times I've been in a church, and they said, people want to come, they'll just come. If they want to come know Jesus, they'll come on down to the church house and get to know Jesus. We're right here. We'll welcome them in. We ain't going to do nothing about getting them here, but we welcome them in. They should just show up. We've opened our doors. I'm sure nobody in this church has ever said that, but I've been in other churches that have. And they just think, well, we've opened the doors. Well, why aren't they coming and why aren't they doing it? It should just happen. Just because Jesus was there, they didn't jump in the boat. They had to let their nets down. We seem to think we have all the right equipment. We've got the right location. We've got all the stuff, all the people we need. The, the, the fish will just come up and jump in. All these people will just come in and join and come to know Jesus because that's how it works. No, it's not. We want to think it is. We want to think it works that way. We wish it would work that way, but it doesn't work that way. We have to let the nets down into the deep water. We have to open ourselves up and pull them in. We may even have to talk to them. What? I have to talk to people and maybe invite them to come? You all realize most people come to the church their first time because someone invited them there. That's how they find the church. You got Clay coming next week. Some people may have been to Clay's church. I know a couple people got to go to Clay's church. You don't get to the church Clay's serving right now unless you're invited. I'm telling you, it is five miles off the beaten path. You don't just happen upon it and say, oh, this looks like a nice place to go to church. You all have the advantage of cars running up and down this road all week long, all the time. They know this church. They know there's a church here. They still aren't going to come unless somebody invites them. Sure, you've got that person that comes. Every once, you've got that fish every once in a while to jump in your boat. You know, that just happens sometimes. But not the majority. We've got to let it down. Peter was like, I've tried all night. i got nothing. You say, let's find some, let's fish some more. And it sounds just like we do. Lord, we've tried everything. We've worked and we've worked and nobody's come. We just can't do it. We give up. What if Peter had given up? What if he just said, I'm done. I'm over it. I fished. It ain't nothing happened. I was up all night long. I'm sleepy. I'm tired. I'm sick of this boat. I want to go home. He would have missed the best fish story he ever had. He would have missed it all. Luckily, Peter's obedient. Ooh, there's that word again. We even sang, trust and obey. We want to trust, but do we want to obey? I may have told you, back, back in the old days when my mom and dad got married, they, um, obey was in the vows. 
you probably from love and honor, trust and obey. My mom said, love and honor, trust, and kept on going. She skipped the obey. My mom really did that. You didn't get to know my mom. My mom, that was my mom. That, that was her. She was headstrong. She was. She, she submitted to her husband, sort of, you know? She followed dad. She did what dad said. She did all that, yeah. But she had a mind of her own, and she did what she was going to do. Trust me. She was a woman to be reckoned with. Obey. Obey? Not so sure. And we don't like that. We don't want to obey. I mean, that means somebody's telling us what to do. We don't like to be told what to do. Come on, we don't. I don't like to be told what to do. I like people to just kind of, yeah, let's get this thing together. Let's work together. But you see, I know this ain't going to work. You're a crazy carpenter trying to tell a fisherman how to fish, and yet I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm not sure why, but I'm going to do it. And boy, the floodgates opened, didn't it? Can you imagine these big old nets that they put down starting to break because there were so many fish in them? That you put so many fish in your boat and the neighbor's boat that they're sinking. Sinking, folks, that's a lot of fish. That's a lot of weight in that boat. That was a lot. You can't hold all the fish. So many times we feel like we're fishing in vain and we think, you know, we got a nice, shiny new boat. Nice, shiny new pastor. Maybe coming in. And you're saying, all right, the fish are going to come jump in our boat now. We got it made because he's coming and it's going to all be great, folks. <laughs> if we're not about doing what we're supposed to do and letting down our nets and fishing out there and asking the people and all that, it isn't going to matter who stands in this pulpit. Oh, yeah, that's a little hard to take, isn't it? Because, folks, we can set high expectations, but until we start listening and follow what Jesus is saying, nothing happens. If we don't let down our nets, if we don't do something, if we don't invite our friends, if we don't say, look, we've got something going on here. Jesus is here. Come meet him. Let me tell you how to meet him. If we don't tell the world who Jesus is, guess what, folks? They're not going to know. And we're going to miss some of the best fish stories we ever had. Peter, all of a sudden, has got this great fish story and Jesus told him, this is nothing. You're going to fish for men. You're going to go out and reach people. Folks, my guess is this story became a little blip on his radar about the time Pentecost came. When what? 3,000 souls were saved? One day, one time, think about that. Talk about a fish story. Boy, I wish I had one of those fish stories. 
I wish I could say I preached one time and the Holy Spirit came upon us and 3,000 souls were saved. Boy, I wish I had that story. But I do have a lot of fish stories. I've got a lot of times where I was able to lead someone to Christ. I've had chances to bring in and baptize people of all ages. From 80s to 5. You see, the Lord works in all kinds of ways. And we seem to think he's going to work this certain way and we've got it in our heads exactly what it is. And instead of listening to the master, we're doing as we want. And it's time we decide to listen to the master and let him tell us where the fish are. Let him tell us how we can get them and bring them in. How we can just about sink this place because so many people are here. Now folks, that would be a fish story for us. But if we think that certain places and certain things happen, then oh man, it'll be just great. It doesn't work that way. Clay is not going to be the answer to all your problems. He's not. I'm just telling you, great guy. I think God is working in a great way in this church. But folks, we all have to work together and listen to what God tells us and go the direction he leads us instead of the direction we think it ought to go. We don't know what God's got in store for this place. I think he's got great things in store. I think if you'll open your hearts and your minds to that, he will give you opportunities and ideas and things to where the fish will come and where you can let down the nets and bring them in. But if we don't listen to the Savior, we don't listen to God the Father, if we don't listen to what he's trying to teach us and tell us, it goes nowhere. There would not have been one fish caught if Peter had said, you have no idea what you're talking about, man. I've been fishing all night. I'm done. Let's go home. Wow, what a loss that would have been. Not only that, if Peter would not have been obedient, and Jesus would have said, come follow me, and they pulled up on shore and left everything and followed Jesus. He left that crazy boat by there. Matter of fact, it says left everything. He may have left it full of fish. Think of that money. But that is what happens when we follow the Savior. Peter. <laughs> so many great stories about Peter. The impetuous Peter. He's going to just say whatever he thinks right off the top of his head, no matter what it is. But even was, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And upon that rock, that foundation, that statement, Christ built the church. And here we are today, because Peter obeyed and listened. So what will we do? Will we obey and listen? Or will we just keep same old, same old? That didn't work. We ain't going to do that anymore.
listen to the Savior. Here it is. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for what you teach us. Help us, Lord, to be fishers of men. Help us to reach out and lead others to follow you. Lord, we need courage to do that because we're afraid in so many ways. Lord, we get frustrated so many times and we need your encouragement. Open our hearts and minds to you. Help us to listen. Help us to follow. And Lord, help us to obey. And then you will get the honor and glory because of what you've done, the mighty ways you've worked. Thank you for your word and what you've taught us. In Jesus' name.